All right. Uh, welcome to Monday Meeting, everybody. It's June 22nd, 2020, uh, the year that will always be remembered in history. Uh, Monday Meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, hear presentations, and interact with industry-leading artists on an equal playing field. Uh, today, your host is me, Julie Kraft, and as of now, we just have an open discussion for today, so we'll see kind of where we end up. If you have a question, uh, always please feel free to raise your hand. The raise your hand function is located under, under the participants panel on the right. And uh, also, if you have a question, you can just type it in the chat, you know, and we'll respond to it if we can. But feel free to jump in on your microphone uh, if you can, because that just makes it so much funner for everyone else to hear you. Um, and anything that goes way off topic or becomes kind of crazy, we will mute you and so forth. Uh, actions will be taken. So uh, as usual, this call will be recorded. So if you have any concerns about anything you've said, uh, let us know. We'll be sure to edit that out before we release it. All right, so here we are. Um, yeah. Oh, also, uh, I just saw this posted on our notes, Liam. We're going to take a break in July. Is that right? I think so. Because Mark, okay. Mark and I were talking last week. We've been trying to do seasons, and it's been like six months of this season now. So we figured starting the first week of July will be our break, and we'll probably come back after Labor Day just for like a summer break. Well, I'm, I'm uh, cool with that. Yeah. I, I, we didn't have a chance to talk to you about it yet, so surprise. No, that's fine. I just saw it in the notes. I'm like, oh, we're taking a break. Yeah. Um, just like how crazy this year has been. Oh, I know. 100%. Yeah. So, so ne just, uh, next just, week we'll still do it or, or Yeah, we'll that, still we'll do next week. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll do next week and then the the first official week of July, the first Monday, we're going to take a break. I'm still going to do like the daily office hours and keep that running cuz that's just sure. casual and fun. Um, but for the official meetings, we're going to hold back for a little bit. Um, the other thing that Mark and I were talking about too is Mark's kind of on the fence about whether or not he wants to keep hosting too, just because he's trying to get his new studio up and running and things like that. Um, oh, okay. So we were going to talk about possibly bringing on other hosts as well, if anyone's interested in doing that. Um, right now, as the rotation stands, it's kind of one of us hosts per month because there's four of us um but maybe op i'm open to additional hosts or less hosts or whatever um we can have an internal chat about it later too um but if there's somebody that's been listening for a while and they feel like they might want to host and start getting involved then yeah let us know yeah totally um I have a zit on my forehead. Uh, so yeah, like I'm always on Slack and stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, if you like stuff like Monday meeting, like feel free to get involved. Um, it's pretty casual. So if you've been attending for a while and you like it, like definitely jump in because we all want to do a great job hosting. And if we have to do it like less frequently, it actually makes it easier for us to kind of plan topics and so forth um, rather than like it's surprising us like oh I got a host again like I haven't had a chance to prepare so I think it really helps if a lot of people join in if you want to if you want to lead this discussion um, I know it's kind of intimidating because you're like oh I'm here and there's expectations right um, but
but kind of everyone who joins us, I think it's pretty like open and welcoming and not expecting too much. So it's like, we all just want a chance to talk. And this is kind of unique in the sense that it's not a podcast, it's just a group discussion. So I think that's a good thing. And we definitely want to keep it going uh, in that sense, you know, because it's unique in that way. But yeah, people, um, if you want to help out, surprise news. Um, cool. So um, I kind of went, I went off a little bit last week, uh, had a little rant on here, which was fun. Um, a lot to unpack. Um, I'm doing a little better this week, um, but, but still like, I don't know, just, just going off what you're saying, Liam, about us taking a break. It's like, um, like today I'm like, geez, I've got to like host this thing and, and the world's kind of crazy. And, and also like I'm starting freelancing with a new um, agency and they've like given me a million meeting invites. And I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, kind of just trying to keep myself together. And wow, like I got to jump into work like right after this. So I think the whole, like all through everything, you know, COVID-19 and everything going on. Um, and obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, like, which is awesome. Like most of us have still had to like keep working. Right. And we're privileged. We're lucky that we get to keep working if we have work. Right. As freelancers, especially, and you know, this doesn't affect us directly in the same way, but we've had to just keep going. And like today I've got all these meet and greet meetings and I'm like, Oh, I got to like turn on like my happy mode. And it's like, we all just sort of have kept going. Um, and it's really hard. And like in the U S here, especially it's like the reality that, uh, no one is driving the ship is really like sinking in. I mean, obviously our president has been a buffoon forever, but like, especially like now I'm like, Oh, like my country is like kind of given up on fighting coronavirus. And literally the president is not working. He's like, doing his rallies and <laughs> it's like so it's it's weird it's like if it i mean america's always been like everyone for themselves but i feel like like now it's like wow like we all just have to like fight for our own things and that, like that's it there's no leadership from the top so but then in the mograph world things are kind of the same <laughs> so in a sense it's kind of nice that we have this constant structure but like um Oh, Dave's asking in the chat what happened. Just everything that's happening. Just, just I'm talking about the U.S. and how no one's driving the ship and how, you know, we just have to keep going and kind of like, well, we still got to work. We still got to mograph. We still got to be creative. We still got to problem solve. We still got to budget out projects and do quotes and all the same things. Like we don't get like a, a break, a relief. Um, for those of us that are employees, you know, maybe you get a little bit of a break because um, your employer does some of that. For a lot of us that kind of run our own businesses or freelance, it's like really like, well, I can't really stop because I don't want to like stop making any money, but I don't know. So that's a thing. Um, I'm curious how everyone is doing with that. Um, and it's fine if you don't want to talk about that <laughs> because it's kind of a dark topic, but I, I saw... Um, I don't know who uh, someone had just posted on Instagram and she was posting an animation and she's like, so this animation is like really happy and bubbly and, and like, but it does not reflect how I'm feeling right now internally. So it's almost like she was maybe doing that as an exercise. I know that sometimes like creative stuff can be an exercise. Like some, I know like the tortured artists. So sometimes the negative stuff can kind of drive us to make creative, interesting things, but I'm kind of like out of that now like the adrenaline i had going at the start of all this um kind of has fizzled so i'm just uh, standing in solidarity with everyone because we're probably all just like dealing with the same thing in that sense um 
Hey, Julie. Yeah. Curious, any thoughts on that? I have a thought. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, on that point about the starving artist, I have talked with a friend before about, like, what do you think art is going to be like after the pandemic or something? And to me, I thought, oh, good. Now on top of all the other pressure I have just to keep going, now I have the added thing in the back of my mind, like, are people expecting us to be like meaningful now? <laughs> I have to inject a whole bunch of like the pandemic into art and it's like, what if I don't want to think about it? <laughs> like it's enough yeah. just to, like you said, creative problem solve for client stuff. And that was already enough before. And now it's like, do I have to bring that into my personal work now and like make a mark on this point in history? And it's, it's weird to, it doesn't feel historical sometimes. You just kind of go about your day, but it is a fact we're living through something that hasn't happened in a very long time. Unprecedented scale. You don't want to downplay that, but at the same time, I don't feel like as an artist, it doesn't always have to be our job to bring that into our life and like have that inform our personal work because it could be a lot to think about. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like the person on Instagram that you were talking about, she's like, this is light, lighthearted, but I'm not feeling it inside right now and totally like can relate. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about everything. So, and in one sense, it's like the, the you know, corporate work we're doing, like whatever, advertising or whatever, that feels empty, right? Because I'm like, oh, this, this has no relevance to everything going on. Right. But then it's like the responsibility of like, well, if I post anything right now, it has to be meaningful, right? Um, but also, if you're posting something, the other issue is like virtue signaling. We're like, yeah. am I just posting this art to like have something to say about the movement right now? Yeah, and I think I that's brought on by social media very much. If you have a presence, it's almost like you're expected to say something. And then a lot of times, if you feel genuinely that you have a response, by all means, oh, yeah. let people know that you're thinking of them. That can be huge. At the same time, when everybody's sending out the same words, the same feelings it could feel just kind of like i'm living in an echo chamber you know yeah and i worry about like just um the saturation it's like you go through instagram stories and people are just going to start skipping all this important information you know yeah and some voices need to be elevated more than others at this moment absolutely it's it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all a lot and that's why that's one reason we're talking about it because it helps right. um uh, but yeah, um, what was I saying? I was saying the, the saturation. What was I, saying? I had something else I was going to say. And then um, I've been kind of thinking about that a little bit too. Um, yeah. And just like making posts about um, everything that's going on. And like specifically, I've been kind of thinking like, okay, what can I add to this? But also being conscious of like how much space I'm taking up um, in the movement and like, does, does my voice belong here? And like, uh, or like if someone else's voice should be elevated should I be doing that instead um, I also think it's interesting because there's one part of the freelance manifesto that I like keep going back to um, 
And I know like somewhere in there it says, don't get political. Um, so I'd love to hear what people's thoughts are about getting political right now, because I mean, if that's okay to like ask that to be a topic. Um, oh yeah. I've, I've really been internally debating it a lot. Totally. Um, and I totally like, yeah, the freelance manifesto, I totally get it. I totally get where Joey was coming from with that. Like, oh, you don't want to rock the waters because you want to. So here's the thing. Um, and that was always advice. Like, like uh, Nick Campbell always had that advice for freelancers and people trying to work at studios. Like, you got to be fun. You got to be like the, you got to have like a fun personality, right? You know, you got to fit in. And because you don't want to be the one that rocks the boat or whatever. But nowadays, um, I kind of feel like, I don't think that's right because if something's going on that shouldn't, you should be the person that speaks up, I feel, at this point. Because otherwise, I, you're just um, perpetuating the system, right? Dave, you have your hand up? Did you have something? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say exactly what you said, um, okay. basically. If there, if there was ever a time to be political, it's now. I think that freelance manifesto applies to normal, rational times when we don't have a, you know, a pandemic and a psychopath in the White House at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if there was ever going to be a time to be political, I think it's okay now. And I think Joey, if you were here, he would probably agree. Oh, absolutely. For sure. He's 100% on that. Yeah, like things have changed because, and this is also a personal struggle for me. It's like in the past, it's always been like, oh, you want to listen to both sides. You want to hear everyone's perspective, right? You want to do all that. But I'm like, the other side oh. is denying people human rights based on the color of their skin and <laughs> their views on things and their sexual orientation and their gender identity. Like that's the other side. So I don't know how to, I, how to listen to that. Penny, please say something. Your hands um, up. Go for it. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of have started to discount anyone who says they don't like to be political or don't be political. Um, just because that word has negative connotations, like in relation to, you know, when you, sometimes I don't like to talk about politics. It kind of implies like uh, bureaucracy, blowhards, uh, you know, you know, old men fighting in a room and like uh, the other side of like what political can mean now is, you know, actually standing up for what's right and, you know, trying to change things for the better and call out actual real issues. Like, I think that a lot of people just kind of think it is this meaningless, I don't like to talk about this boring thing that makes people fight. That's, I don't know, that's just such a non-starter and such a cop-out that um, like to call Black Lives Matter political is like that, I can't, I just fucking can't with people. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. that's, that's so different yeah. than like a couple candidates, you know, primarying against each other for a local legislative position that have basically the same, the same platforms or something like you know maybe politicking is like you know infighting in politics and stuff and that's different than than saving people's lives and you know i don't know just there's so many people who are apathetic and i think that the time for apathy and cynicism is over absolutely yeah um because i think if you say don't be political like that means you must have some problem with what's going on and you've just shown your cards so Actually, Brock, Brock, you just posted an interesting uh, link in here. And yeah, feel free to post all kinds of stuff. We want to read good, good stuff here. Um, oh, yeah. 
So this is a good post. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tweet and it says uh, white and non-black um, slash white adjacent design leaders. We don't need your, your universe posters or your poorly crafted, well-intentioned, I can't breathe paintings. You don't have the, the range to properly comment. So open your wallets and donate to the orgs that need it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't, we have to not center ourselves. And sometimes, yeah, as we started out this meeting, like the things we post um, can be centering ourselves, right? You know, for instance, you know, a lot of, and in the past, like with Pride Month, a lot of companies have always capitalized on that with their merchandise and whatever. And unless you're like a, an LGBTQ owned um, company, like you're not, you don't really have a place in this, right? Unless you really have a specific thing you're, you're helping with, or I don't know, like you don't have a place in that. So totally, I'm, I'm down with that. Okay, everyone's hands are up and I don't know who is first. Penny, is your hand still up? Oh, well, okay, I think Alejandro and then Sabrina. And then Liam. I, I just wanted to add a little bit to um, reference to what Penny was saying. I, I in. think in my case, you know, saying don't get political or something like that. I'm not that as a defense of how I used to be in that sense. Rather, it's a bad way to be. But for me, me was mostly a, a matter of avoiding uncomfortable conflict. And I think I've, I've kind of grown tired of that and realizing how much of a problem that is and how much it perpetuates when we simply avoid that conflict. Um, I just had a personal experience with this uh, last week where um, I normally don't go to Facebook, mostly because I am tired of being disappointed by friends and <laughs> people I know. And it's just, again, it's a feeling that I try to avoid just because it's like, it's just every single time I, I go there, I feel this way. And sure again, it happened again. I went there and uh, my, actually my wife sent me a post at, uh, my mother, I posted, and it was a pretty bad post. Uh, and I, my normal reaction to that, I'm sorry. Curious what the post was about. Oh well, the post was, it was about this whole uh, the Black Lives Matters, and and uh, it was uh, essentially equating um, violence, uh, uh, white and black violence, with black and white violence, and it just basically trying to diminish things and be like, oh, but, you know, they're doing this too, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it was, I just had a really bad problem with that. Yeah. And I needed to say something. And normally my reaction would be, my past reaction, the, the no, don't get political was essentially just, I, I don't want this uncomfortable discussion. I don't think I'm going to change their mind. So I don't want to deal with it. But again, it's, it, I did a lot of thinking about it. Um, and it was like, you know, I, I, I have to change that. I have to change that perception of, of conflict is, is always avoiding the conflict. And I went yeah. ahead and um, posted a reply and I, I try to write it in the most, you know, nicest way possible in a sense, because it is family and trying not to become more of a black sheep than I already am to the family. Oh, come on. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, yeah, I had to do it. I had to, I just had to do it. And I mean, it, it was, we spoke in the weekend. It wasn't addressed like it never happened. So, which I knew that was going to happen. There, yeah. It's not going to change anybody's mind, but we have to, we yeah, have Yeah, you to. can't say nothing. Yeah, we have to. Um, so in thought of that, what kind of what you were saying about an uncomfortable situation. So if you are able to even make the choice to not participate because you'll feel uncomfortable, then that just shows you're a privileged person because for those that are affected by this, they can't make the choice. It's just their life. 
Absolutely. Right. So, so if you're even like, oh, I don't want to participate because you know, make things whatever. It's like, well, I wouldn't have that choice if I wasn't white, you know, <laughs> or, or and it's, it's Silence just, perpetuates the problem. I mean, that's, so, that's the problem. And yeah, with family, um, I get family is where it's the hardest, right? Cause, but like, I, I had some friends telling me about their weekends and some things they were dealing with, with family. And one of them said like, Oh, their dad was like being super racist mode. And I'm like, if that was happening, I would say something. And if nothing changed, I would leave immediately. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I have family issues and whatever, but like we all do, but like, that's even in our families, like, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Liam, did you uh, want to say some stuff? Your hands up. Uh, I did. And then I got distracted okay. by what other people were saying. And then <laughs> Penny's Nickelback <Yeah>. name <laughs> thrown me off. Pen, Pen, Nickelback. I love how Penny's name is never her name anymore. That's a great way to not center yourself, Penny. Um, <laughs> just make your name not decipherable. Oh, man. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so we can't be silent, right? Um, and it's hard, like, I feel, I really feel for those of you who are really just starting out in, like, our industry, because those of us that are established, like, people kind of know where we stand, and they know our work, and we don't have to like make as much effort to like get noticed and reach out um, for our work and everything. And right now, like those of you starting out, I'm like, Oh, trying to get jobs and everything. It's like, you want to like post a bunch and like show all these things. And it's like, it does not feel like the right time to do any of that. Um, so that's like, I feel for you. I don't have the answer, but like, I really, I, un I understand that. And I, I really, I hear that. And for sure, like if you're starting out in the industry, um, reach out to any of us on Slack and wherever because you shouldn't have to like just try to post on social media to get, to get notice for your work and so forth. Um, yeah. So Sabrina, did you have some, did you have your hand up? I just had to unmute myself. Um, I think in regards to how getting political applies to motion design, and in reference to the Monday meeting a couple weeks ago, where there was a general sentiment of like, you also worry about saying the wrong thing or being perceived as like, you come, come out with a message with the best of intentions, but there may be something that wasn't worded or phrased correctly, et cetera. Um, I think as long as the sentiment is genuine, if you're open to inviting that kind of discussion and being open to criticism, that's only going to make it better in the end. I wouldn't necessarily let the fear of saying the wrong thing stop you if in your heart you feel like it's important to say something because it matters to other people to know that they are welcome and that you do care about what they're going through and you're invested in making your workplace or uh, just yourself open to people. That's what's going to matter. It matters less if you say the wrong thing. It's like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make mistakes. That's how we all grow. So I would just say, if anybody in their mind is like, 
I'd really like to try and I have ideas, but I'm afraid of getting dogpiled or whatever. Like everybody has fucked up, you know, <laughs> everybody's totally in the past. It's just how we get better as people. And the same thing applies to your work. As long as it comes from a genuine place and you're open to criticism, that could be whether it's political or non-political. It could just be whatever daily you put out. If you're open to criticism, it's going to make you a better artist and a better person. Yeah, totally. That's, totally. that's my take on that. <laughs> yeah, and, and overall, like, I would say the sentiment from everyone has been, you know, like, yeah, you make a mistake, but like, I don't think, I think everyone wants you to try, you know? Yeah. And that's great. Oh, the flip side is, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. When in doubt, take that opportunity to listen. How do other people interpret the situation? How are minorities dealing with it? How are women, black people, LGBT people, how do they deal with it? What do they appreciate? Just take a minute and learn. It's okay yeah. to also, if you must step back, make it an active listening situation and not just like, I'm gonna sit and hide and, and like be in my bubble and not, you know, if you if you really like <laughs> aren't sure that you you're gonna say the right thing, then figure out what does work, what do people appreciate, what makes them feel welcome and appreciated. Yeah, totally. And like, reach out to those that are are criticizing or commenting. You know, like just tell you ask them like, yeah, you're right. How can I do better? Right. Um, the flip side of that is kind of like how those of us who have the issues with things being posted, how do we respond? Like, so I know we'll talk to each other about it, but like, do we always reach out to that person and kind of be like, hey, I know that takes courage, um, but that might be what's necessary too. And in our industry and so forth, that can be hard because, well, let's say it's someone who you feel is way more established than you and more powerful, quote unquote, right? And it's like, you might be afraid to challenge them, but if, you know, if they're genuine, then they'll accept it and they'll listen to it. So it takes a little bit of bravery, um, but I mean, we've talked about this before where it's like anyone who's, you know, out there posting podcasts and training and all that stuff is gonna be a target or they can be a target just cause you know, everyone's aware of them. So they might mess up and I'm not saying that, you know, they don't, they have responsibility. If you have a, an audience, you have responsibility, but most likely they will be receptive to, 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 to crit critique, you know, and if they're not, then, then have at it. Cause they don't deserve <laughs> the position they have. Right. Um, Penny. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to speak a little bit about, um, uh, I was thinking, like listening to what Sabrina was saying, and I totally agree with her. Um, but I think that there is an, a, an aspect of isolation right now um, that is making some of the internal conversations harder. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and just speak for myself, and maybe some people relate to this. But um, I'm definitely used to talking out issues with friends and um, having a much more consistent, casual uh, conversation with some people to feel ideas out. And so like I've been, you know, everyone is doing it through social media, even if the social media is like Slack or, you know, whatever. Um, 
and it's a little less nuanced, it seems. And so like, I've seen some kind of terrible takes uh, in, in some of the Slack groups. And uh, uh, like, I'm glad that this person, this one particular take that I saw actually sounded it out in a channel. And this person kind of got told by many people like, no, that's a terrible idea. Definitely don't do that. But like, I think that having that conversation to work through issues and, and, and concepts and ideas is super important. And so like, I'm listening to a podcast right now that my wife sent me about how like a lot of white people are uh, flailing in this situation right now. Um, and not to put, you know, pity on white people, but like, um, I, I wonder how much of it is uh, uh, not being able to process in a way that we're used to processing to work out what is an appropriate expectation. Um, and they're just, we're losing that that face-to-face -face nuanced conversation to develop. Does that make sense? Is that crazy? Because I'm feeling that where like, these are big yeah. issues and I'm like yeah. frustrated with myself that I don't know how to reply and how to respond. And like, I have been taking more of an active listening stance because social media makes me absolutely depressed and crazy and anxious. Um, and Julia, you've totally. been the brunt of, you've been one of my <laughs> talk to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's fine. It's great. Um, no, you're making sense. So that's kind of the theory um, that I hear talked about a lot is that the Black Lives Matter movement may not have had as much power before the isolation caused by coronavirus because, you know, none of this is new. You know, police brutality is not new. So in a weird way, it's like helped further the conversation because people don't have distractions, right? They had to pay attention which has been amazing. Um, but yeah, and the other side is, is that um, we're all in isolation and we're stuck in our heads and we can't quite work through this stuff the way we normally would, having various interactions. Uh, what's missing from our lives is all the um, accidental and unexpected interactions. Like you go to a store or something, you see people that you don't know. You Like all the, everything now is planned, planned Zoom meetings, planned whatever. And it's like, you don't have accidental interactions. You don't meet new people just out of nowhere, you know? You only meet the people that you intentionally try to meet, you know, or, you know. So it's just, there's a lot of, of the normal framework of society is not there that kind of holds us together. And in some ways, like personally, I've been like, oh, this, this fragile net that has kept me going has gone. Like, how do I handle this? Um, like not being able to travel or anything, which is another privileged thing. Um, so there's just a lot there. So I totally get what you're saying, Penny, how it's like, it's hard to function in the same way and process through all this as you normally would. Tori, your hands up. Yeah, um, I can totally relate to like, maybe like not being totally sure how to process everything. Um, I feel like the past few weeks I've spent um, educating myself about a lot of subjects that I didn't know about, specifically having to do with anti-Black racism. Um, and particularly the Chicago Police Department, I've like, five pages of notes on like how it operates and how it's really messed up. Um, so like I have all of this information that I have taken the time to learn, but it's also like now what do I do with it? Um, and I feel like maybe that's where this like internal debate of like how do I share this information or like how do I approach this conversation when like isolation is such a big thing right now, so. I don't know. I have that in mind. Yeah, hundred percent. So, because none of us want to, 
like, hey, I'm learning stuff, but like, I don't want to let myself off the hook. I want to like take action. Um, so the other thing is like the reality of like, okay, this is hundreds of years of society building up a system a certain way that we're going against. So nothing's going to be fixed overnight. And like, no, like the MoGraph industry isn't going to be fixed overnight by like just having various different guests on podcasts. That's a good start though. That's a huge, huge good start. So the reality of like being like, okay, this is going to take time. Um, and find like knowing that you as one person can do something, but it's going to take time to implement. Um, so I think like start with that. Um, as far as next steps, like, and think about your range of influence. Like if you want to increase your range of influence and move into a different, some other thing, that's one thing, but also think about your current range of influence and like the time you have, you know, it's like, okay, well, what can I do within my, either it's local community or within my MoGraph community or whatever. Um, start there. I was really inspired by Oddfellows posts about their new mentorship program. So obviously they were just kind of laying out what they're going to do or what they're planning. Um, part of that being specifically starting a list for um, black animators to join in and kind of put their names in there. But then also having an open calendar for mentorship that you can sign up for mentorship sessions. Um, and I know they have to figure out how they're going to do this, but it was like a very intentional plan that they're laying out for everyone. And I'm, I really admire that because obviously they're an industry leading, you know, studio and so forth. And they're in uh, Portland and Portland is not the most diverse city in the world. So there's a lot going on that, that I just like, I really appreciate that. So um, what was intriguing me about that was one way that to help things out in our industry is kind of turning the internship uh, model on its head in the sense to even get, so to get one of those coveted inter internships in our industry, there's tons of huge barriers. Like, cause usually those interns are picked from, you know, prestigious art schools to even get into an art school. There's the talent barrier, but there's more important than that is the astronomical financial barrier to even get into an art school. And then before that is the barrier to even know that like animation is a, in, is a possibility in your life. So obviously some sort of like mentorship thing is something that I think a lot of us could do. I want, you know, we have to figure out how, to, how do we find and connect and be like, this is a possibility. And that's going to involve reaching out into schools, high school, even middle school, and kind of figuring that out in our communities. But I was thinking like, most of us here probably have time to mentor at least one person, like two to three sessions per month. You know, imagine if we all had one person that we were mentoring at a time, at least. Like that could be something. Brock, you have your hand up? You can join in. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, just wanted to, to speak on the mentorship thing um, because I'm- <laughs> Brock, your microphone's a little quiet. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it just is a little quiet, so whatever you can. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm outdoors. I apologize. Um, oh, that's okay. But Thanks. what I wanted to say is uh, you were talking about mentorship and starting at, like, high school and stuff like that. Um, for someone like myself who has been looking for a mentor for some time now, um, I'm, I'm not a – I'm a spring chicken in mind, may not in, maybe not in body so much. Um, but, uh, is, is there a way that we can extend that to people who are making, maybe looking for career, career transitions? And I mean, with the way the world is going and the fact that the, the job and the career landscape is changing so much, like people aren't retiring at 65 anymore. 
um, is uh, is there an initiative within within the industry to to seek out older people who are who are looking to transition into MoGra? I don't think there's an initiative yet, but we sure would like to have it. Um, I would like to say it's like an so it's all informal. So we have our and this is a problem. Like we kind of have this um, clicky community situation right now where we have our Slack channels, we have Monday meeting here, we have a lot of community um, that where a lot of us are connected and we're friends, but those who are newer coming in might not know everyone. So I feel like there isn't an initiative, like we're all totally open to it. We all wanna help, we all wanna like get help others and, and mentor, but uh, there isn't like a clear initiative yet. I'm, I'm curious how we could do that. For instance, like I'm curious, what would you, like what, what's something that would, would help you that, that you could think of right now? Or like, would you just like, like even like a weekly check-in like, or like a real, um, real critique or anything like that? Like there's, we've had well, some of that. that there's, yeah, so, some so here's the thing, like I'm a 20 year designer, right? But okay. my design experience has been print and web design. Right, okay. Like I'm just getting, I just discovered sort of MoGraph as, a, as an industry, maybe a year, yeah. maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I've known that it existed, but it, I didn't know that it existed to the degree that it exists right now. You, yeah. you know, and and one of the things that I said to a friend of mine is, it's almost like MoGraph is a secret society. Agreed. Because yes. I can't imagine how many times I've Googled like uh, MoGraph events or MoGraph groups in DC in the DC area. Um, and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's just, you don't find, I don't find anything. However, now you introduce me to the MoGraph Slack group and I find out it's, you know, thousands of people in there and, you know, know what I mean? like huge, um, right? Camp MoGraph and BlendFest and, you know, so there's definitely, uh, it exists and it's a huge community. It's just, it's almost like one of those things where it's the men in black type thing and you have to get handed like one of those secret business cards in order to find the entrance. Um, and I think that's, yeah, totally. that's, that's the experience that I've had over the last year and a half. Yeah, I think that's our biggest issue right now is that people don't know we exist and people don't know that we're like super open to helping each other. Um, I don't know the solution yet. I remember like back when I was first starting my career and I was just like blindly trying to find studios in the area and just I sent my, my DVD demo reel just mailed it to a bunch of different studios, like hoping for something. It was like, there was always a wall. There was always this hidden wall. So I totally understand. And that's really great to point that out to us again. Um, I'm curious, how did you, how did you, how did you come across as MoGraph as being a thing? Um, so I, I was interested in film titles and, and titling since the, I was in art school in the early nineties. Um, but as I mentioned a, a few weeks ago, um, the barrier of entry was so high back then, you know, with, with you know, 3D Studio Max and, and Maya being, you know, five and six and $7,000 for, for the software and your computer having to be 10 grand in order to run the software. Um, so I've, I've always known that it existed somewhere, just not where it is right now. Um, and I'd say it's probably been maybe two and a half, three years since I actually knew MoGraph as a term. Um, otherwise, I, I thought it was just animation, 
you know so um uh-huh. yeah totally. and i've always said that i wanted to i wanted to to work in media that moves but i always thought that was video and not necessarily design yeah totally uh yeah so that what you're saying is like the the the, the problem that's been mulling over in my head endle- endlessly <laughs> the past like month um and you said you're in, in D.C.? Yeah, I'm in the D.C. Yeah. area. Unfortunately, too bad. Like, SIGGRAPH was supposed to be there this year. Yes. That's where SIGGRAPH yeah. was going to be. And then it's not. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually went to the, um, the Maxon Roadshow. That they oh, did. yeah, 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 yeah. Great. And, I mean, the auditorium was, like, a third packed. So I'm not sure that MoGraph is necessarily a big thing in the D.C. area. Um, I know that a lot of my friends who consider themselves MoGraph artists are basically doing glorified PowerPoint presentations for the government, um, yeah, which is yeah. not really what I want to do. Like, I'm more interested in gaming and entertainment. Um, totally, yeah. So trying to find that is is increasingly tough here, but I'm also I'm also willing to to jump on a plane and travel. So you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, of course. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like, it's normal, like, I'm in Detroit, and we don't have a huge scene here either. We've got a lot of buzz lately, just because a couple of studios here that have been kind of making waves, but um, still really small, the community. So, Sabrina, did you want to add something? Sure. Um, I think pre-pandemic, what I would have recommended is any opportunity you can take to get in front of somebody face-to-face that helps tremendously. And before I went to my first blend, um, they kind of had a website where you could hover over little icons and you could see who the attendees were. And so I figured out who was going and then out of the list that I made, I kind of identified people whose work I really admired. And I reached out to them and just kind of introduced myself and said, hey, would you be interested in like meeting up while we're at blend? And almost everybody I emailed was super like, oh, that'd be great. Um, but since that's less of an option now, maybe I'd reach out to somebody and ask for like a Google Hangout or a Skype or a Zoom call. And also just very kindly introduce yourself. What do you like about their work? Um, and express interest in asking them about what their experience is, try to gain some knowledge and also get to know a new friend, you know? because the thing about mentorship and mentorship programs, I know through women in animation, they've had, they've tried to build the structure for like a more formal type of mentorship. Um, and everybody's welcome to apply either to be a mentee or a mentor of any age. Um, but in MoGraph, we don't have a lot of those formal structures. So I think just kind of, going about it as you would with normal networking would probably be whatever way you could start getting to know people in your community and in your network or people that you admire. That's the way I'd go about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's especially hard with no in-person meetups because like uh, conferences and events are so great. Went to Half Res and Blend last year and Camp MoGraph and it was like amazing. And then, Total 
yeah. this year downward trend? Because originally I'm from Houston and the Houston scene for motion design is like, you're probably going to be animating an oil rig. And it's yeah. the same thing, like not my calling. <laughs> so totally. how do you, yeah. how do you surround yourself with the kind of people that inspire you and make the kind of work that you're interested in while well, you reach out? Because frankly, if you don't take the first step, they don't know that you exist and it's not, doesn't mean that your work is bad, doesn't mean that you're not out there in some way on social media, for example. They just don't know that you're there. So yeah. when you introduce yourself, there you go. <laughs> so, so that's, and that's another like kind of bravery thing. Um, it's, so yeah, the first, you're right, Sabrina, that like she, the choice is like you have to reach out yourself. Like at the moment, you really have to make an effort. So that can be a barrier for a lot of people that are, you know, much more uh, shy or just intimidated and so forth. The best advice on that is like you said, Sabrina, like no one in our industry is opposed to talking to anyone. You know, someone might seem like, oh, they're my idol. Like, I, you know, they won't want to have anything to do with me. They don't care if you have any work, a real, they don't care about any of that. They want to talk to you. Like, I, I don't know. So it's, it's like the, what you feel about a person is it just cause you feel that way about them. That doesn't mean they feel that way about you. It's not like, it's, just, it's still a small enough industry that none of us are like such celebrities or anything like that. Like no one's like, like in a place where they need like protection from people. We all just want to talk to everyone. Yeah. And anyone who is like a, a big deal or whatever, who has amazing work, like they, they want to know, they want to share that knowledge for sure. They might, sure, they might be busier because if they're like a really established artist, they might be very busy, but they want to inspire others and they want to help others and they want to learn from other people. And yeah, everybody wants a new perspective from someone else. So even when you yeah. think of like, who are the big names in MoGraph? You have Joey Kornman, Chris Doe and people like that. What do they do half the time? teach they're constantly yeah. sharing so that's just like what we like to do <laughs> it's kind of like a path at, at some point in the industry like you end up being a teacher you know because yeah. <laughs> you want to because that's what's more in that becomes more interesting i don't know i think than just making cool cool renders all the time <laughs> even though it's fun to make cool renders it's not fun to do it in a vacuum it's not fun to do it alone so and I don't know, I learn a lot more like kind of interacting and teaching other people. So I, I think everyone feels that way. But yeah, um, the flip side of that is, you know, yeah, right now, like you really have to reach out and just ask and try to get help. But I would like it if there was a system that did not allow people to slip through the cracks, you know, and made things way more accessible and did not make it like a secret society, obviously. Um, so how do we do that? I'm not sure, um, but that is like, I think the thing that all of us want. We want it to be open, we want it to be transparent, and we want everyone to like have all the same opportunities. So I really like Oddfellows. I wanna know how they implement this, but th they said they wanna put um, like a shared calendar out there that you can just sign up for like a mentorship session. Um, where I'm really did you curious see that? about that. It, just on Instagram, they had their three latest posts on Instagram, like three across the grid. Um, they lay it all out there. So um, obviously we'll have to see how, how they implement it. But yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, what's cool is like um, 
Well, in the Panimation Slack in particular, we've just been doing some informal kind of study groups. We started a channel called Study Group, and some like someone will post um, like, "Hey, I want to, I you know, I want to do like a little Cinema 4D intro. Anyone anyone want to want to learn like the basics like this Sunday or whatever?" Or um, people will be like, they'll they'll add someone else in the Slack and be like, "Hey, so and so, I want to know how you did this. Would you share that with me?" You know. Um, of course, it takes time and investment on each person's side, but it's it's like less formal than a tutorial. It's less formal than recording a big thing and having an audience of hundreds. It's like just a few people one-on-one. -on -one. So I would recommend that. Like seek out artists that you like, ask them, hey, how'd you do this? And be like, can you spare an hour sometime in the next month? You know, be generous and be like, I just want to learn from you. And would you mind doing that? Like ask, like I don't know anyone that wouldn't do that if they have the time, you know, so for sure. <sighs> These are great ideas. I'm really happy that we had this meeting because I was struggling this morning with a lot of things. Um, cool. Wow. Great, great ideas. I wonder where we can go with it. I would love it if like, I don't know, among the MoGraph Slack or something, if there's some way we can start kind of that same sort of informal teaching, learning, mentoring thing. Um, if I know that like, so as an example, Ryan Summers, um, he has, uh, you can always schedule like a critique session with him. He'll do, he'll critique your reel. Um, I don't know how his scheduling is set up, but I know that he always talks about it. He's like, he has, I hit my microphone. Stuff. He has like office hours and he'll like, he'll just say, hey, reach out to me. I'll, I will, I will critique your work. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what you can improve and what you can, cut and so forth and I think that's really generous you know I don't think people realize how how often he does that because it's not it's not glamorous right it's not something you see out there so so a couple other things I was thinking um, pertinent to our discussion today is so a lot of what we talked about um, about being silent or posting the wrong things is all social media based right and that's very like a generational thing because like, you know, millennials and younger, um, social media is kind of everything to them, right? Though to a lot of us that are older, it's, it's like, oh, that's just one of many things. But to a lot of people, especially a lot of the most vocal, um, active, motivated people, like younger people, which is great, but a lot of their energy is, they assume that like, if you don't post on social media, like it doesn't, that doesn't exist. That idea doesn't exist or you, you have nothing to say. So, Part of this also like keeps social media in perspective. Of course, it has a ton of importance nowadays, especially with us being isolated, but I don't know. Someone not posting on social media does not mean they don't care about anything. Liam? Yeah, I was gonna chime in about this earlier and then we kept going on all these awesome topics. Um, I think it was Aaron or Aaron, how do you say his name from Red Giant? Is it Aaron Rabinowitz? Made a post. Yeah, made a post the other day that he he still cares and is still deeply trying to be a part of these movements, but he also needs to keep moving forward. So if you don't see him posting, that doesn't mean he's not getting involved in his community and trying to reach out to make donations and things like that. But you just like you were just saying, Julie, like you can't dedicate your whole online presence to that. And like, you can't, like, it's just exhausting to like 
put every idea out there that you have and like try and do something with it where you know stepping away from social media for a bit and actually going out and protesting or like talking to people and listening as we were talking about before is going to be way more impactful than just spamming twitter and stuff you know yeah absolutely um yeah it's just it's exhausting and like, like we said earlier if you have a large audience that you've built up maybe intentionally like you do have a responsibility of some sort you know um there's some of us in our industry that have a lot of followers. And so they, they do have a responsibility to kind of say something or kind of be, think about what they're doing. Cause they influence a lot of people and a lot of people look up to them and everyone, a lot of people hang on their every word. So there is that, but yeah, that's the other thing. Like you have to have like some compassion and know that, yeah, just cause someone isn't posting, like you only, that's only a small portion of their life. You know, you don't know everything they're doing. None of us know what everyone is doing. So, yeah, that's great. That's a great point. Um, I just, I'm just doing over all these thoughts. Lots of great thoughts today and lots of good things. Um, what else was that? There was um, uh, some other thoughts I had. Oh, one other thing. So I wanted to call this out earlier. I totally forgot. Just a shout out, like, for a lot of people, Father's Day is a happy day. And for a lot of people, it's a really hard day. Um, for me, like seeing all these posts on social media, like I don't, I'm kind of like estranged from my, my father. And I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is hard. And I just want to kind of put a shout out for everyone that has parent issues, especially those like, I know that might be even more right now, like where your family issues and everything separates you even more. Like, just kind of a shout out to everyone that's kind of feeling that, kind of feeling alone in that situation. Um, I know how you feel, like a lot of us know how you feel. Also shout out to parents, like parents and single parents that have been like taking care of their kids and working through this whole pandemic. Like I'm not a parent, but I really admire all of you. So <laughs> it's like amazing. Like I'm super inspired. And I don't expect any of you parents out there to post on social media and to be super active because I know you're doing everything you can right now to raise your kids, to not be racist and to be very good, like members of society and to shield them from like the um, bullying from our president and that kind of language and all of that. So like, just put that out there. Those of us that don't have kids, like we care, we think you're awesome. Like it's amazing. And I know that you're often like, oh, I wish I had time to do all these cool things that you people without kids can do, but everyone has their thing. So I just want to put that out there. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if you're feeling like alone and separated and like, oh, I wish I had like all, I wish I, you know, I wish I could post on Instagram, this big family portrait of me and all my friends and brothers and parents and all that. And I know that like, that can be, that can be very, that can hurt for a lot of us that don't have those connections. So feel free to like, kind of bring that up with any of us here too because we're all like in this together so that's another thing i was thinking about a lot this week well i think that's kind of going to be it anyone have any closing thoughts anyone else want to chime in with anything feel free to kind of jump in here i've got a, um, some meetings coming up pretty soon so i think i'm probably going to end this i don't have any links um liam do you have anything else you want to share any links or anything no it's fine if not yeah, 
I started thinking about it this morning. I was like, oh, there were things I saw last week that I probably should have saved, but it's okay. Didn't. Yeah. Um, just to, re uh, to reiterate what we talked about earlier. So Monday meeting, we are going to meet next week on the 29th. But after that, we're going to have a, a bit of a, a break until Labor Day or after Labor Day. So um, uh, Liam will keep this channel open on most days for office hours. So if you don't know what that is, like some of us will just hang out on here and work through the day and talk a little bit. It's kind of a really casual thing. So if you're really feeling disconnected, please join back on the stream. Um, also, if you're interested in hosting Monday meeting and being a part of this and kind of being in the community more, like please reach out to any of us. Like there's no like requirement. You don't need any special ability. <laughs> you just have to have a desire to listen and kind of like be part of a conversation for an hour, you know, a month or so. So yeah, please. Because um, this industry is, is not meant to be exclusive to anyone. You don't need to have like a certain cool reel or something just to, to be doing Monday meeting or whatever. <laughs> We're all in this together. So, and we all can learn from each other. So thanks yeah. a lot for joining this week. And um, yeah, I think there's a wrap up thing I got to say. So yeah, just in closing, I want to say uh, thanks everyone for joining this week. You can find us on all the social media platforms by searching Monday meeting. Uh, audio for the calls is posted each week, so just check out your podcast app of choice, or you can go to mondaymeeting.org and find the recording of this and all the previous weeks. So thanks, and have a good week, everyone. See ya.